Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite. And welcome to another edition of Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington, and I'm not alone here. I'm never alone here. Don't even know why I say that, because there's always going to be somebody here. And the person here with me this time is somebody that you're kind of used to seeing me with a lot lately, because... uh, I co-host the show with her every Sunday, and then I'm doing the Raw post-show with her next Monday, but uh, she is frenemy of the show, Miss Denise Salcedo. How am I a frenemy of the show if technically we're seeing each other each and every single week, Will? I don't know. That's what a frenemy is. I don't know if I'm a frenemy. You know, I need a new title, Will. (laughs) All right, fine. But anyways, happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here on Day After Dynamite. This is your second appearance on Day After Dynamite. First, as a part of the main Fightful channel. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited. And I feel like this is going to give people a preview of what they can expect from our show as well, especially if, especially if they haven't seen us together uh, just yet. That's true, right? Because if you haven't seen the two of us, uh, usually our faces are swapped on the other sides and then she's doing the majority of I'm going to try the- to get into your shot, Lil. <laughs> And she's usually doing the the hosting and talking and stuff. But we also do have a show every Sunday after the week. Uh, If you haven't checked that out, what are you doing? Go check out after the week, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. But this is Day After Dynamite. And here on Day After Dynamite, we talk about things that happened on Dynamite. And, you know. Dang, I came in here thinking we were talking about NXT. Yeah, well. That would probably be far less eventful. So the fun thing about this show is somehow over the last couple of months, it has really been eventful on Thursdays. There's usually just a lot to talk about and stuff to give updates on and bring updates on. And that's what we're going to be doing here uh, because there's some elephants in the room that are going to be addressed shortly. Uh, first, I do want to let you know that uh, make sure that you're supporting what we're doing here um, here at Fightful and just me and Denise in general. Uh, if you head on over to youtube.com slash Fightful where you're watching the show, you can leave us a super chat. Also, leave us a humper chat, humperchats.com. Um, you can leave pretty much any time. And you know what? We're getting our weekly cameo. Uh, I just see popping in at the bottom because because the freshly married Jeremy Lambert is here. You know what, Jeremy, I did something for you this week, by the way. What's that? Are you ready for it? Yes. All right. This is my wedding gift to you. Uh, Don't don't be too scared because this is a monumental thing here on Day After Dynamite. And I'm just now realizing I didn't save it. So give me go, three, well. three seconds. Ball dropped. Right. Ball dropped. No, okay. Ready? I got you something. Something brand new. Ready? Ready? And. Ready. Oh, look wow. at that. Wow. Oh. <laughs> you get to see your whole face now that you're married. The whole face can be shown. <laughs> Too bad I you're did off that. the market now, Jeremy. I did it uh, just for you. Look at that. You uh, could this, actually this, this would have ruined things if I if I was still on the market. <laughs> yeah, I look awful. My face is all broke out and shit. Just looking terrible. Denise Alcedo, how are you? I'm doing good. How is married life? about the same as normal life except i have this ring on my finger now. So that's about the only difference. Oh, wait till you have the ready for it. All right, if you can see, look at that tan line. Oh, that. No, see this, I got this silicone on right now, the uh-huh. silicone one, because, you know, I'm banging at the keyboard all day and my fingers swell up. You have a big tum- tungsten ring on there. It doesn't feel good on the fingers. So Wait, the hold on. Board. So we're all married here, BTW. Yeah. Yes. It's official. Yeah. Look at us. All right, look at us. <laughs> we're just look, not look married us. to each other. Look Let me us. rephrase yes. that. We're all married <laughs> just to different people. Okay. No, I'm married is... to Will every Thursday, it feels like. You just come in and ruin things for him. <laughs> hey, but send us your Super Chats and Hupper Chats. We want those. YouTube.com slash Fightful is where you can send us your Super Chats. We bring those up on the screen, but we also bring your Hupper Chats up on the screen. The benefits of the Hupper Chats, by the way, are that, one, you can send those at any time. Make sure you're identifying what show those are for because uh, it's, it's helpful if you sent those on off hours. But uh, those also... 
we get a bigger cut of those. So uh, definitely make sure you're sending your Humper Chats if you get the opportunity, and we'll make sure to grab those and bring those up on the screen. But we like your Super Chats, too. Any way you want to support this show. Just tell everybody you're like, I'm doing commission with the Humper Chaps. Humper Chats. Humper Chaps. I always say Humper Chaps. Get (laughs) them in there. Make sure you put Will's name on it. Yeah. I I mean, you don't watch all the money. Like Chaps. I don't know. Like Chapstick. (laughs) Dumper Chaps. Look, there there are ones that like arrive on Friday nights where I'm not sure if they're for uh, basically Friday post shows or if they were for Grapsity. I don't know. So it would help uh, if if they're identified. And for the most part, people are good about that. If they send them in off hours, they usually say, hey, for dad. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I assume they meant me and not like this was a message to go to my father. Please come home. But... Uh, <laughs> Who is uh, his fa- father on on the flight? Palowski is. I'm a stepfather. Uh, anybody else? The father. That's I'm official the now, staff? by the way. Yeah, that's that's officially official. The the stepdad. Uh, Denise Salcedo saw me dancing with the kids, dancing to some, some Taylor Swift once. Uh, I saw I saw you just like it was so weird, like seeing you be like in this mode that I've never seen you in. You know, like I <laughs> seen you outside of you know this. Seeing you like be out there, be like loving. I love your mom, by the way. I'm obsessed with your mom. Your mom and your dad are freaking amazing. Like I like (laughs) wanted to be adopted by them. I love that. (laughs) Your dad was so awesome. He was just like, he was throwing shots at you, but like funny ones. They were great. And then your mom was just like the sweetest. It's my parents' birthday today. So everybody wish it's both of them. They have the same birthday. My parents oh, I was have gonna the say, exact how did same that happen? Did they yes, like get not married the same year. and just take each other's birthdays? Okay. Yeah, they, yeah. When they got married, they just combined birthdays as well. They're like, yeah, like just make it all Everybody easier. say happy birthday to my parents. They share the same birthday, they share the same anniversary. Uh, yes, my parents are great. Happy birthday to Jeremy's parents. Thank you. They will appreciate hearing that. I'm going to leave. I, I am here. I've overstayed my time. I have to. Will, this is the, the best thing. It's the best gift ever. <laughs> it, the only thing that tops it is Denise Salcedo's card. When I saw it, I was like, and then that's from. I went. Okay. So for those of you who do not know, I went Taylor Swift crazy and just yes. put a bunch of Taylor Swift stickers on it. So we were, we were opening the cards in like uh, every other order. So I'd open one, she'd open one. I, and that was technically supposed to be her card to open. But I saw it and I'm like, no, no, I know who this is from. I am opening it. So I got to open that one. Yes. But thank you guys. Thank you, Denise, for showing up. It was great meeting uh, your husband. It was great meeting him at the at the wedding as well. He does exist, by the way. Yeah, everyone thinks he doesn't exist. He's like non-existent. No one ever sees him. (laughs) I'm just married to myself from the internet perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, now uh, we have another one. Oh, come on. <laughs> Sean, you always do this. You have the FOMO. What? Show up to work? This is technically not your show. Ah, ah. I mean, I, I've been on it almost as much as Will has at this point. Yeah, he's always got the Thursday updates now. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So we'll let Jeremy peace out because Sean gets to experience now having a face in the middle. Look at that. Look. See, he's not blocked anymore. (laughs) Like a little kid, like, hey, I want to come out on the show. I'm right here. (laughs) Now, what's the update, Sean? Getting the baby face clap going. What, What updates? I don't know anything. No, nothing. Nothing you could bring us. I mean, there's, I mean, okay, I saw the. The F4W thing where they're like, where 
they had confirmed that Bandito had signed yesterday. Then today they're like, whoa, 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 no. So our report was never that he signed. It's that he agreed to terms. And he had told some people close to him, yeah, I'm headed to AEW. And that was last week. Uh, we cannot confirm that he's put pen to paper. And that's why we say agreed to terms. I don't believe the WWE deal is like a new thing. I know people were like, oh, well, as soon as he was on Dynamite, they got his number. They know who Bandito is. Like, he was ROH world champion, obviously. But, um, yeah, there's that, that's that's a thing. And then, obviously, Andrade just being like, hey, hey, hold on a second. <laughs> Which so, is pretty much what I heard happened. I, I spent the whole evening. I missed a lot of the main event. I had to go back and watch it literally just like 20 minutes ago because all of a sudden I'm just texting with people back and forth about what's going on. You know, why is Sammy on the show? And you know what? I have answers to that. Um, and then I, I had a couple of texts with people who played oblivious to it all. And were like, what are you talking about? This yeah. is a great dynamite. Um, that was probably my, my favorite of the How is Tony doing? <laughs> it was a great dynamite. Make sure to tune into Rampage tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's either way, we got stuff. There's stuff. There's there's a lot to talk about from last night's dynamite. But overall, especially if you remove anything you knew about the show going into it or coming out of it, I thought it was a great show. I thought that just bell to bell wise, it was very good. Um me too. And we're going to talk about a lot of that. Oh, no. Sean's face no, did a thing. I, I just watched a, a, a video that Alexis Cardoza posted of a dude trying to flip off of a table, and he landed. Oh, yeah. Oh. Saw <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's what I was grimacing at. As you were. Enjoy the show, guys. Thank you. Sean Rossap, everybody. Damn. <laughs> he, 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 He's still here. There he goes. All right. Sean was like, oh. You saw that, right? You saw that. We all saw that. We all saw it. (laughs) And so let's let's put our bar back in the middle now, by the way, because now there's separation. No more distractions, right? I I was told we'd come on here and talk about dynamite. Yes, that's what's happening here. But you have to know this show at this stage. So. Andrade El Idolo. Man, he's been in the headlines lately, hasn't he? Of course he has. Uh, He has been fairly vocal about everything. Uh, He has basically been implied. He posted hashtag free El Idolo. What does that mean? Who knows? Uh, And he's even had a lot of his stuff made into angles, such as, you know, we know Andrade doesn't want to be in the company, or at least that seems to be what he's implying. And his, up until yesterday, uh, he was going to have a match with Preston Vance, 10 of the Dark Order, where Preston Vance's mask was going to be on the line versus Andrade's AEW career. Ooh, how could that go? How's that going to go? Well, we're never going to find out because we got a tweet, matches off. Obviously, sets off red flags. Everybody starts asking questions. What's going on? What's going on? Got the question er, Got the question answered fairly quickly. So um, Fightful Select had initially reported that there was an altercation backstage, and it did result in Andrade being sent home. Uh, and then very shortly after, TMZ reports, the uh, even 
greater details on all of this, uh, including some details of the physicality, including some uh, shoving, some punches being thrown. Um, they had initially said that both were sent home and then were quick to correct that, especially once Sammy Guevara shows up on screen on Dynamite. It's very clear that was not to be the case. So the question becomes, what happened? And uh, so I spent the evening basically talking to anybody I could talk to about all of this. And then I look up and... Brian Alvarez had mostly posted a lot of what I had gotten. And then this morning, Dave Meltzer basically reported like everything I had. Um, and so any details I have are probably just going to have a little bit more clarity. And that's okay, because ultimately, we're all after the same information. Um, and so the big question on everybody's mind, because something told me that the fans didn't necessarily have all of this correct, uh, because the fans jumped to huge conclusions. The fans were basically just like, how could Sammy possibly be here, but Andrade is not? Uh, how could Sammy still wrestle in this match? Hopefully, at least they changed the ending. Oh my God, Sammy won. What the hell is going on here? Is Sammy being rewarded for bad behavior? What's going on? So, the way it was put to me in my asking around... Um, and really quick, Van Twinblade says, hashtag Quizzlemania screw job, hashtag never forget. Hey, look, I'm Quizzlemania champion now. I, I can put that behind me. And now she's my Quizzlemania tag team champion. So now, like, we have to work together on Quizzlemania. Go figure. I love how I just, like, marked you early on, Will, and was like, <laughs> you're for we're forever going to be known for this Quizzlemania screw job. I know, right? And the thing is, you didn't intend on screwing me. You intended on screwing whoever. I, I didn't care who it was. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just screw you ended up being the lucky one, Will. Consider yourself lucky. Look, I could have been on the other side of that. I could have <laughs> drawn a lucky card and and been a winner instead. Instead, though, I won the game fair and square. And then Denise Salcedo's like, actually, whoever just draws this random card is a winner. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, Ray Slaver says, why is everyone blaming Sammy Guevara? Um, AE could have done the interview without naming Sammy and still said everything he said. Uh, then if Sammy Guevara tweets, it's on him. So I want to talk about that piece of it first. Uh, and I'm glad that just came up because that was the piece that everybody was throwing in on it. Everybody's been saying, well, Sammy tweeted all that stuff. You know, Andrade did name Sammy in his interview, but um, and you actually listened to the whole interview um, and did some great transcribing. Uh, and so some have even said that Sammy's tweets probably outweigh what Andrade said, which, um, again, I think the, the, the main issue out of there is that Andrade said, I'm not going to name names. And then like 60 seconds later, names names. Um, but the big issue is that apparently Tuesday night, there was a discussion had with both of them and management. And the discussion basically said that, you know, you guys are going to drop this. This isn't going to be a factor at television. Um, both were mostly reprimanded for what was said uh, in public settings. And then both agreed to no altercation at TV. So from that perspective, you could almost consider anything from that point on ground zero that both agreed to no altercation, both agreed to no confrontation, to leave this aside. Security was there. And like there was an expectation that something could happen, but for the most part, it was said that 
uh, they both agreed to do nothing about this at television, to let the show just move on and go on. And only one of them actually pursued the other. So therefore, that is ultimately what took place here. The The story going around is that um, it was actually Andrade that confronted Sammy. Now, from people I've talked to, because um, I, I feel like it sounded a lot worse than it was uh from people i've talked to they were like this is there was physicality but it was described to me as an nba fight um and then i saw that term a second time uh so i've seen two people say that one wasn't involved in it but somebody else had said it and so i thought it was interesting that that term was used twice um but the and when i say that it you know what happens when you see a fight on the court and you see people shoving but and you see arms kind of flailing, but like it's just a bunch of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, but for the most part, it was uh, said that Andrade did wait for Sammy and spun him around and confronted him. And so at that point, he was in that regard the aggressor and uh, defied what was essentially a agreed upon. I guess truce for lack of better word. And so look, he's not the, the, the word going around is that he wants to get fired. He wants to be released from his contract. He's not happy. It's been uh, a year and four months since three months, a year and three months. He's only been around 15 months, but Oh no, I guess uh, he had his first match a year and three months ago, but he technically debuted right after double or nothing. Right. So that would have been May, June, June. Um, so, Either way, it's been a year and some change. He's unhappy. Hunter has been sending out his feelers to get all of his guys back. Andrade is one of the ones that wants to take him up on that. And as far as anything is concerned, um, I know Sammy is a lightning rod. I know that these stories seem to follow him. He had the incident with Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston has since owned responsibility for that situation. Um, But with Sammy Guevara, controversy seems to follow him around. And so in this case, fans were very quick to kind of jump to the idea that Sammy needs to be punished. Sammy needs to be punished. Um, In this particular case, though, from everything I've heard from people, it is that Sammy did his part, that Sammy basically agreed to no physicality, agreed to no confrontation, leave Andrade alone, forget about the tweets, forget about the interview, forget about all of that for this show because you have a big main event coming up. And he did that. And when confronted, he, other than, I guess, a shove, basically kept his hands to himself. And it was mostly Andrade. And that's the story going around everywhere. So as far as why Sammy was on this show, the story I hear is that he didn't do anything. Um, and that's that's taking the tweets out of account. That's taking the interview out of account. We're talking about simply from ground zero, which was supposed to be the Tuesday discussion. That's ground zero. Everything from here on. And it's kind of like if you've ever worked in a corporate environment. And I work in a corporate environment. And... Uh, you kind of run into one of those cases where there needs to be disciplinary action for something 
but it hasn't been discussed yet. So you usually get that first warning. The warning, and the warning exists to say that it is now on the record we discussed this. And now that we've discussed it, we will we discussed what will happen if this happens. And now that it's on the record, anything from here on is we're ground zero. That's the warning. The warning was was that. And once you do anything else, you are now in direct violation of the exact thing that we discussed. And now we have a problem. And once it was established Tuesday that if you do this, there will be consequences. And they, they one of them did it, and there's consequences. That's essentially why we're sitting here where we are today. And that's why Andrade's at home. Um, will he be back? I don't know. Uh, but uh, I just know that I'll say this. Uh, the court of Twitter is not a real thing. And uh, without all of the details, it is pretty much impossible to make any type of ruling on things based on your opinions of people on Twitter. And as far as last night was concerned, I know like emotions were high and everybody had an opinion about what took place. But ultimately, if you remove all of that from it, the show just kind of went on as planned. I know people saw it as a response of like, well, look, Sammy's being rewarded. I don't think that was the case. Uh, nobody I talked to thought it was the case because before any incident had happened, Dynamite's ending was already ready to go before any of this had taken place. Um I don't know. What did you think of everything, Denise Salcedo? All right. Well, there's a lot to take in this one because this is kind of a lengthy story with a lot of details in it. And I guess I'll start off with uh, the Andrade interview because that's obviously where this whole thing uh, culminated from. And it was kind of, you know, I wanted to listen to the interview because I wanted to get an idea of where Andrade was, was coming from, right? Because you only get so much from a clip. A clip, you know, I know it's the easiest way to consume things, but you got to listen to the entire thing to really get an idea of what is going on, where this person is at in terms of the conversation and all of that. And the thing with Andrade is that he went in there and there was a lot of negative stuff that he said, but it was mainly in regards to AAA. That's where he was really kind of, you know, showing a lot of like negativity in terms of the AEW stuff. It was interesting to hear him talk about it because he basically like the big gist of before he got to the Sammy stuff was him basically saying, you know, that even though the AEW schedule is a lot better than the WWE schedule, it it's uh he feels the exact same way in AEW that he felt in WWE in the sense that he wants more where whatever his spot you know on the roster is he's clearly not happy with it because you know he wants more out of that and from that perspective I'm like okay I get it who doesn't want more for themselves you know if you don't want any more for for yourself in your career then you know you're just you know you're gonna stay in the same exact area but I do think like that was that to me wasn't necessarily like I didn't take that as like anything too problematic, but I can see how people can see can take that and also be like, well, you know, screw this guy, you know, there's all these other people. If you want something, just keep working for it, right? So then when the interviewer essentially asked him his thoughts on the elite and CM Punk and basically asked him, like, what the hell's going on backstage in AEW? Andrade kind of painted a picture of like, you know, what it's like behind the scenes in AEW. 
His perspective of this was he said he never had any issues with any of the elite guys. He never had any issues with CM Punk. He said that while his perception was that when he first came into AEW, that some of the locker room would kind of look at him and, you know, kind of judge him a little bit based on his appearance and the way that he dresses. And this was something that he mentioned that people weren't necessarily like, too fond of him but of course this is his perception of their perception of him right so then afterwards uh he basically says that you know when he's working out when he's doing his thing and guys come up to him and they're like hey did you hear about this did you hear about that he's like no I don't want anything to do about you know any of this but then that's when he basically brought up this this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. Sammy stuff. And he basically, like, you can tell he wasn't going to name his name because he first started off describing him as just some guy that basically complained <laughs> that was, uh, that he was hitting him too hard. But then, you know, Andrade being Andrade, he basically said, you know what? It's Sammy Guevara. Like, that's <laughs> who it was. But then the extra shot, because here's the thing, Will. He said, like, for the most part, he said that everything was cool between them, that they had this conversation and everything was fine. But he did throw a shot to Sammy because he said that he complained like a little girl. That was what he said about Sammy. So clearly with that, you can see why Sammy would respond the way that he did. Now, do I agree with Sammy's actions on Twitter? No. In fact, given the amount of drama that is surrounding Sammy, I would have just not said anything on Twitter just for the sake of not having to uh, be continued to be associated with this drama and will you know this am i not always telling you this yes i was gonna say would you have even gone and listened to the interview had because by the time you posted the the transcripts of things it had been like a couple of hours you know yeah and and the sammy stuff had and the sammy stuff had already like happened and so my question is had sammy not tweeted would you have even cared to go 
see what the interview was all about. It depends because I did enjoy a lot of the stuff that he was talking about uh, in terms of the Lucha side of things where he's talking about like pay and stuff for, uh, you know, he's talking about CML out and he's talking about triple A. I liked all of that stuff. So I probably would have still gone in and just peaked a little bit. But obviously the whole drama with Sammy, that was clearly what piqued my interest. I feel like that drew more attention to it than anything. And that. Oh, uh, yeah. Had he. Had Sammy just kind of let that go um, and maybe, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say just, just the said example something. I brought up, well, the example I brought up yesterday was uh, Hangman Page. Look at all this shit CM Punk said about Hangman Page. Will, did we hear anything from Hangman Page? No. Uh, no, and- we didn't. And he said <laughs> CM Punk went off on Hangman Page far worse than what Andrade said in that interview about Sammy far worse and we never heard from hangman right it's so it is a case because we felt that way too where it's like there were rumors going around um like i heard back in uh june about the the issues between hangman and punk but like nothing concrete enough to report and it certainly wasn't out there and it didn't come out there until punk decided to go on tv and call out hangman and then all of a sudden it's like what's this all about well this actually goes back to him having an issue with the promo from before double or nothing and it was like oh people would not have known about that had you not drawn attention to it this is kind of one of those cases where um people the interview could have existed and may have flown under the radar if Sammy hadn't responded. So like there is, and don't get me wrong. I am not saying that there is no responsibility on Sammy Guevara's part um, in terms of escalating all of this, because I absolutely am saying that, that there is what I am saying though, is that from what I've heard, as far as the backstage altercation is concerned, that it is a case of once you violated the terms you agreed to on Tuesday, which was that there would be no altercation, then there is now an issue. And FightfulSelect.com, by the way, has more on on that story, I believe, because I just got an alert that Sean posted stuff. So, Will, let me ask you, let me ask you then, do you think that AEW should have gone about it differently then and not given them, I know it sounds, because in hindsight, in hindsight, you wonder, should they have even done this like handshake deal or whatever it is that they're calling it, you know, like you said, where they were both in agreements to kind of be at peace with each other. Do you think they should have even allowed that or should there have been punishment from the, uh, you know, airing of the dirty laundry with the uh, with the back and forth Twitter exchange? Should there have been action taken from that moment on so that you wouldn't have risked this happening at TV? Um, again, hindsight 2020, um, because this is a case of taking people at their word, right? That um, you took guys at their word that there wouldn't be an altercation at TV and then there suddenly was. Um, one person decided to to go ahead and say, screw it, I'm going to do whatever it is I'm going to do. Um, and, you know, it's, it's tough because, again, um, I don't know what AEW's written policy is. I'm speaking specifically on written policy on social media. Um, I know what WWE is. WWE's is. I have a copy of it, actually. And uh, WWE's policy on social media is really, really strict. 
There's so much you can't say. There's so much you can't do. They have an absolute written policy on. Don't what say it's... shit. Don't put your foot in your mouth. STFU. <laughs> a lot of that. There's like certain terms you can't use, right? They're like, hey, you can speak like outside of kayfabe, but don't use the word kayfabe. Like you can't. It's a banned word. Um, and WWE's like social media stuff. Um, there are a lot of things you can and can't say. And uh, in a sense, I. In, on one end, you know, I'm like, oh, they're independent contractors. Let wrestlers be wrestlers. Let them do their thing. And on the other end, on days like this, I'm like, okay, I get why that policy exists because I can see where you don't necessarily want people just tweeting anything. Uh, and you don't necessarily want people tweeting about other wrestlers, especially other wrestlers that they're not even involved with. For the amount of people that were like, hey, is this a work? It's like, well, no, they're not even. But not only are they not involved with each other in any way, shape, or form, they're both heels. Like, they have nothing to do with each other whatsoever. It'd be different if this was, like, back in March where they did have a little bit of a rivalry, but they don't have that right now. There's nothing going on between these guys. What I find interesting too, Will, and I'm sure you might have seen this on Twitter, is that there's a lot of people saying like, oh, you know what the hell's going on backstage? People are out of control, this and that. I feel like it's super naive to think that everybody in every promotion is getting along with everybody and that there aren't any other beefs going on between people. It's just a matter of some being made public and some not being made public. Right. Um, and I mean, that's always going to be the case. There are stories. There are stories I've told you that are not public whatsoever, right? Um, oh, geez. Put me on the spot. <laughs> everyone's going to know that I have tea that I never share. <laughs> I mean, well, at least you know that I'm not out there blurting out this information. I know. There's stuff that's like I've never seen anywhere. And I'm like, I can count on Denise. Yeah. But... See, I ain't no snitch, Will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm completely but... anti snitching. <laughs> but. See, that's what the, the red is for uh, that she's wearing right now. It's a stop snitching shirt. Um, but anyway. Wait. Oh, is that a gang thing? Like a gang reference? Because you said the red shirt. It's, yeah. The, the in, in the in the in the mid-2000s, there was a big stop snitching campaign. Everybody wore stop Oh, see, I didn't know shirt. about that. Okay. Uh, well, because the only thing I know is that, like, if you're in a gang and you snitch, and you're, like, done, man. Like, you're, your ass is getting yeah, killed, I mean, right? Well, yeah, because in the mid-2000s, little bit of education on gang culture in the mid 2000s <laughs> and it still goes on today but um there would be cases where obviously there'd be some kind of incident a bunch of members got picked up and got carted off to jail but then one just is randomly back on the streets and everybody can't, can't help but wonder what happened to where this one person happens to be back on the street and everybody else got time and so, uh, obviously, it, there was a case of police were cutting deals with people. Basically, you rat out your friends and you got to to go home, right? And then yeah. uh, that <laughs> became, th there became a big stop snitching campaign and a lot of rappers attached to it were wearing stop snitching shirts and, uh, yeah, don't take those deals. Um, All right. Well, but... I'm accidentally supporting the campaign today, even though I didn't know. Like, I've yeah. always been like anti-snitching and stuff like that, but I didn't know that red was associated yeah. with it. it. Well, there you it, go. I learned something yeah. new today. Either way. <laughs> so, um, where were we even? <laughs> what were we we're even talking about, about snitches and how we're... certain things get put out there and yeah, some yeah. stuff don't get put so, out there. That's right. So, uh, again, stuff happens. Lots of stuff happens over time. Um, the biggest frustration I've heard as of late, and I heard this a lot yesterday. I talked, 
I ended up, I texted probably 15 people and was able to get about uh, like seven or eight responses on this. And everybody else was like, hey, I ain't saying shit. Um, but good. In a way, it's good, though, because like that was like the whole big meeting, right? That they had the talent meeting where they were like, don't yeah. be putting stuff out there. Well, and the big frustration I heard yesterday that seemed to be really common was that since All Out, things have been pretty good. And that, you know, there's been this kind of rebuilt rapport. There's been this energy in the locker room that's been like, hey, we want to see this company succeed and like almost like a teamwork kind of um, camaraderie again. And uh, so, the, very similar to the way the company first started, that everybody was excited about uh, Grand Slam. Everybody was excited to see um, like the amount of elation I heard, by the way, from people about Max Caster getting that win and uh, and having that fan support and him having the biggest moment. Heard multiple people say to me that was fantastic. Just seeing him get that moment. People were happy for each other, and there was a sense of support in the company. And it felt like they were trying to almost bury the idea that behind the scenes there is actually um, turmoil in the company and they felt like they were making strides at that and keeping attention on the show itself. And then in one day they felt like Andrade and Sammy basically undid that in an afternoon of tweets. Like, and it was really not even afternoon. It's like 15 straight minutes of these two going back and forth. And in 15 minutes are like, they, they work to undo and undermine what we've been working on this last month, which is getting things back in order and, having a like literally didn't tony just say in an interview uh that he thought things were smooth right now they it's the smoothest they've been it came out around yeah. the same time like a couple of hours apart right. so it was it was kind of like a bad look and obviously people mm -hmm. on social media were like bruh really you know so yeah, that's exactly. what was happening yeah and that's uh that's just something we had seen and like i said the the guys who are there very much want to be there and want to work on a show that they believe in and want to see the show succeed. People were excited about the card going into Wednesday. And then of course there's still Saturday's card or Friday's card as well. There's stuff happening tomorrow. I won't be able to see that because I will be at Lucha Libre laughs on Friday, but uh, I'm going to try and catch battle of the belts and rampage back to back after the fact. So don't count on anything live for me on that. So let's talk about the show a little bit. Because um, there's some details coming out of the show. So, start with the opening match. Maxwell, Jacob Friedman versus Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta being a stop for Maxwell Jacob Friedman on his way to the AEW World Championship. But the AEW World Championship is held by one John Moxley, one of the founding and leading members of the Blackpool Combat Club, a group of which includes Wheeler Yuta. So, kind of makes sense that this is a nice little pit stop. This was also the first match mm. that MJF has had on Dynamite since April 13th. Now, remember that date because I was there. And uh, I was at that show. Couldn't believe it's been that long since MJF's had a match on Dynamite. But he hasn't had a match on Dynamite since he lost to Sean Dean via Countout in New Orleans. So... Seeing MJF at this again was actually pretty damn great. 
Uh, MJF and Wheeler Yuta have a lot of history on the indies. They've worked together a lot. And you could very much tell that they were in this to show out. MJF looked great, by the way. His freaking physique looked awesome. Um, and we knew that when he took his shirt off in the confrontation with Moxie a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But but dude looks freaking jacked. And I love how you're like, we knew that when he took his shirt off. We did. We did know that. Look, <laughs> I, I'm... I'm a body guy. I notice these things. So, oh, I know you're a body guy. <laughs> I read your text, Will. Shh. Where did... I'm waiting till the end on that, Denise. <laughs> My bad. My bad. All right. <laughs> Although I did have somebody uh, ask me about my neck the other day, so like your neck is like kind of like pencil skinny, like Randy Orton's would get when he's like dropping weight. What's going on with you? And I was like, huh. I can barely see your neck in this. Like, you have to lift your head up for me to even take a good look at your neck. I don't think I've ever looked at your neck, Will, and I've known (laughs) you for a bit. And I've seen you in person for a bit now. Yeah. Well. Sorry, I'll pay more attention to your neck next time. Yeah, pay more attention to the neck, Denise. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so the... it's all right. I just had somebody note that I missed their super chat. I'm not going to miss anybody's super chat. I promise throughout the show, hover chat, super chats, I'm not going to miss them. Um, but since you brought it up, uh, Bear Hudson, I am going to read your super chat that says it's on the owner or supervisor to set the example. I continue to see an owner bash other companies and let employees air dirty laundry. No leadership. Ah, you are talking about one Tony Khan. Um, so I'm curious, I guess, in the... So bashing other companies, I mean, who gives a shit? That's competitive nature. Like, I don't know. I I recognize I am a product of 90s culture, and I recognize that I grew up in an era where Sega literally ran commercials that would go, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. And so to me, like, I don't give a fuck. Companies bashing each other. Isn't that what we do? Hasn't Toaster Strudel ran an entire campaign their whole existence on how much Pop-Tarts suck? Like, that is just how I believe companies are supposed to operate, right? Like You this... kind of miss it a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I like the drama. <laughs> what? No, I get it. Like, that's, that's how I've always seen... Uh, things go right like i don't know phone companies take shots at each other in their commercials like this is just the competitive nature of of business like i recognize that's how it's supposed to go so like i don't necessarily care about the owner bashes other companies um and then as far as let's employees air dirty laundry is concerned um again i feel like this was the time where it kind of went like the furthest it's ever needed to go and uh because for the most part you know, guys have kind of talked about their issues a little bit, but I think when we got to a point of naming names directly and basically saying, well, I know you want to go back to WWE anyway, and uh, you're a jobber, you were only hired because of your father-in-law, which is funny because his father-in-law never got hired. Uh, And so all of that stuff, I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know where Tony himself did that. No, I do think, though, that now, because of what happened, there has to be some sort of like, you know, we were talking about WWE and all their rules that they have for social media. I hate to say it, but maybe there should be some rules like that uh, implemented for, uh, you know, for AEW. And the only reason I say that is because, well, I mean, 
given then we could maybe avoid uh, these ugly situations be like what we saw with Andrade and with Sammy. And I hate to be like the person that's like implement rules, but in a way it's like maybe they should be implemented. Well, yeah. I mean, think about the existence of like kind of all rules, right? And that they exist when something has gone wrong where like, I forgot what state that's in, but like there's a law where it's like no shooting squirrels off the back of a pickup truck. And like really think about the fact that somebody had to be shooting squirrels off the back of a pickup truck for them to go, hey, we should probably make a law that you can't do this anymore. Um, Like it wasn't a a thing we were thinking about before until the first guy was shooting squirrels off the back of a pickup truck. But social Uh, media is different. It's not like the there's this one state where you can't carry an ice cream in your back pocket. I don't know what state that is, but apparently that's one of those weird laws that's around. Mm -hmm. Okay, but with social media, it's pretty obvious. I mean, all across social media, we're seeing people beefing with one another. Uh, You are bound to expect for that to happen at some point, uh, you know, with any given company. Yes. Um, no, I can agree to that. Uh, there's, I think I had another super chat just pulled up. Oh yeah. Uh, Amir says, I won't beat your ass because I'm a professional psych on <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He did warn him. Like, let's be real. He warned everybody right, that but, this was going to be happening. But, but then again, again we, we had, they had that, you know, that truce, I guess you can say, I put that yeah, in quotations. They, nobody had been talked to yet. And I guess that's really the issue. Um, Somebody in the chat pointed out, they said, uh, in Nevada, it's illegal to ride a camel on the highway. Again, somebody had to do that before uh, the law actually came about. Uh, that's And again, you know, I, I can see where at a time it was like, ah, what do we need the rules for? People know how to handle their social media, and now they're showing they don't. So... I'm sorry. I'm a rule follower. I love rules. Put them on there. I can't. I, I'm a goody two shoes. Will, what about you? Are you a rule follower? Are you a rule breaker? Are you are you rebellious? Will, what kind of person are you? I feel like I relate more to Hangman, where I'm more of the non-confrontational, follow the rules kind of person. I am a believer in um, <laughs> not stirring the pot when your hands aren't clean. That's okay, my that's main a thing. Good is one. that if you like talk all your shit. And do what you're going to do if you have the ability to kind of do it and not let any consequences follow that, right? I was actually just having that conversation with my daughter this morning because she has, like, she's annoyed by the the campus security guard who um, is constantly, like, yelling at people to get to class. And I'm like, well, are you in class on time all the time? And she's like, well, yeah, you see my attendance. I have no tardies. I'm like, well, then good. Then... Fuck her. Who gives a shit? Um, she's an annoying security guard, you know? Uh, Look so. at you, Danny Tanner. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Carl Winslow here, by the way. Danny Tanner. <laughs> I like Danny Tanner. Come on I now. Know, I, but I, 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 most of my life lessons came from Full House. And most of my family, or all, most of my lessons came from Family Matters. And so um, I recognize that, like I said, I was a Carl Winslow guy. <laughs> and also Urkel was kind of my idol, but that's for another day. Uh, anyway, so back to, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, I want to read this Humper chat from Jarvis. And the reason I want to read this is because uh, it's still relevant to the other topic. Um, and this is Jarvis saying that 
Uh, I agree. People that work with each other don't always get along everywhere. For example, Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. Uh, Seth has said so himself, but that they are professional enough to work together because it's their job. Thanks for everything, guys. I mean, yeah, you are going to just run into some cases where, yeah, people don't get along. And for the most part, it's usually fine. Not everybody gets along everywhere. Uh, just talk shit behind their back. Yeah. Uh, well, and the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, wrestling is a competitive, ultimately, uh, even though it's not competitive necessarily in the ring itself, it is competitive in the sense of there is a very obvious hierarchy in pro wrestling. So it is uh, the type of environment where, yeah, people want to be better than one another to get there's a hierarchy everywhere though you see it in yeah. sports all the time and it's like that's what you know that's what happens you know when you work your way up to being a star you're obviously going to have a little bit more i don't know perks well the the thing is when AEW did first start it started with kind of a vision that with everybody in it right that everybody was kind of working together for the same vision and as they started to sign more guys some guys weren't in it for the vision some guys are just in it to succeed in this company. I don't give a shit about what you guys planned for this from the beginning. I don't give a shit what storylines you guys had in mind. I want to be world champion in a company. And this is a company I can see myself world champion in. I, you know, it's like, I don't care what ideas you have for a tag team division. What we see is us being successful in pro wrestling. And as AEW's hired more people that ne weren't necessarily a part of the original vision, yeah, it's going to get way more competitive uh, and way more cutthroat. And now hell who the hell is even there from the original vision now right uh you you also have run into that little issue but talking about that's not a little issue it's kind of a big issue will kind of a big issue yes uh so talking about wait somebody asked oh this is a good question i like this one uh i want to know if will or denise have ever had a workplace beef ever at former places of work I had a small one, but it was because I was working at Nordstrom's and you get paid via commission, right? And like, it's not hourly. And so you got to really be on it. Like you either make your sales and you get no money. And I was the noob in the department. And so there was a lot of unspoken rules that I didn't know of. And there would be people like, let's say a customer came up to me and was like, hey, can you help me with this? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, and then later on, I'd find out that another employee had said hello to that person, didn't even help them out. But because they said hello first. That was their customer. I could not touch that customer. So I had a lot of instances where I would help people and I wouldn't get the commission for that because so-and-so said hello to them and made eye contact with them first. So the commission went to that person. And I thought that was incredibly unfair, but apparently that was the rule. And so one girl was like, you know, she was my customer. And I was like, well, I didn't see you working with her. Retail life, Will. Retail life. That was my beef. And she was bigger and taller than me, so I was very afraid of her, so I just shut up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my only real, like, work beef was, God, this was, like, early in the work life. And it was, like, working at GameStop because I came in and, like, really quickly became the manager. And so uh, uh, there was one particular person that I leapfrogged, and they were really upset about it. Like, to the point of where, and it's been long enough to where I could tell this story, that uh, when I became the manager of that store, she was so upset that night closing that she 
accidentally left the store unlocked. And so I came back the next morning and uh, I hadn't quite gotten my promotion yet, but we were both the last two working. So the two of us got written up for leaving the store unlocked overnight, like left the open sign on everything. She was just like so upset that I got this, that she was just like, fuck it. It just twisted the locker, thought she twisted it and just walked away, left all the lights on everything. And the other manager came the next day, saw the store open and we like, we squashed it eventually, but uh, mainly because I became her manager. And so it was like, well, you have to, or you're not working here anymore. And granted, <laughs> oh, it was yeah. fucking GameStop. So you guys became friends afterwards? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's what happened so. to me and this other girl because <laughs> I was afraid of her, so. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about um, the uh, the <laughs> opening match. Will, and- <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I just saw Hazard notice typo in her name. I had not noticed that you called me Denise Sal Sion. Sion. Sal Sion. Denise Celsia, that's not you. <laughs> I feel like a sea otter now. What does the sea otter sound make? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's Denise Celsia. Anyway. Uh, no, fine. We'll fix it. I don't uh, care, Will. <laughs> I, do not ca- I do not care. There. Denise Celsia. Good people. Anyway. So, uh, MJF, Wheeler Yuta. I thought they killed it out there. I thought that uh, I love the reversal exchanges. I love how into it the crowd was. And I love that it came off as Wheeler very much wanting to prove himself against MJF. And MJF reminding us again that he is, at the end of the day, despite being a guy who's only won one match this year, um, that's not counting, of course, winning the chip. But he's still a goddamn professional wrestler who's damn good at it. What did you think of this match? So I, so this match happened right as I saw this match was going on right as the Sammy Andrade stuff was like coming out and stuff. So I had to go back and rewatch this match uh, during the commercial breaks of dynamite so that I can, uh, so that I can enjoy it because the response from the crowd was so great that it was like, okay, I have to go back and rewatch this entire thing and see what the hell was going on. There was a lot that I loved. And the main thing really that I want to get at is when this whole thing started with MJF and Wheeler Yuta, I really wasn't that interested. And it was really just based off that first promo interaction. I thought, oh man, this was bad, you know, but they quickly, and I mean, quickly turned this around to the point where I legitimately care about, you know, the story between MJF and Wheeler Yuta. The match itself, like all of those like rolling pin attempts that they did, uh, the point where they were both down at the same time and everybody was clapping, the uh, the avalanche pile driver attempt followed by the hurricanrana from, uh, from Wheeler Yuta. That little oh, moment there, oh, I loved all of that. You know, everything that they did, I think really kind of got the people going. You know what? This was a reminder of what... Uh, MJF can do, you know, because obviously when you think of MJF, what's the first thing you think of? Great promo. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what you're thinking. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And the wrestling, you know, comes second. And I feel like this was really just a reminder of, you know, what kind of matches he can have, you know, 
with different talent and whatnot. So I was a fan of this and even everything that played out afterwards with uh, William Regal coming in there with the brass knucks and, you know, MJF kind of being like, uh, I don't want nothing to do with you right now. You know, that sort of thing. This was good stuff. I think that this did a lot for Wheeler Yuta too, because even, the, you know, Wheeler Yuta is associated with, you know, top guys in the company, but having him in this match against MJF really, really did elevate him a lot, I think. I agree with everything you said there. Uh, and also, props to that that powerbomb on the knee MJF hit. Beautiful stuff. Um, the match ended, though. After the match ended and MJF wins, taps him out, salt of the earth, uh, we then see uh, an attempt at a handshake. And MJF looks like he's considering doing it. But... Right? Wheeler Yuta is attacked then by Lee Moriarty. MJF actually not happy with this, but Stokely trying to remind him, hey, we got this. Don't worry about it. And then uh, he goes to hand MJF the dynamite diamond ring. And before MJF can do anything with it, Regal stands up from the announce desk, walks his way toward the ring, and uh, we have a standoff. William Regal versus MJF crowd is way into this. Uh, but this I never know. Shit. Like, I never know what to expect from MJF. So when he was a little bit like bothered by the attack on Wheeler Yuta, I'm like, okay, do I fall for this? Do I not fall for this? You know, you never know with MJF. You never know. And uh, you still don't know uh, what's happening here because he didn't want any smoke with William Regal. Where's this going? I don't know, but I'm intrigued. And we just moved straight along. The cool thing about the show, it was just kind of match, 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 match. And uh, that's my kind of show. I know. I, I saw it a lot on Twitter. People want the backstage shenanigans. They want angles. They want all that stuff, uh, which we, we got, got a lot so of. so much of that the week pri prior. We did get that a lot last week. This show presented itself a little bit more in pay-per-view fashion of just match, 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 match. Look. That's my type of show. Yeah. Uh, I'm down for that. And didn't Tony tweet something recently where he said, like, oh, I promised more wrestling or we haven't lost that? I forgot what he said exactly, yeah, he but there was and, something along those lines. And this was clearly him going with what he said, which is that this is a wrestling show. Because the next match we got was uh, is it Darby versus... Jay and Jay Lethal. Yeah, and Jay Lethal, um, which didn't quite have the crowd the way that they had before. Um, but otherwise, uh, this match was fine. Uh, I thought this match had really good potential for being match of the night. I don't think, I think it was too short. I think on a night like this, it was just too short. A any other time, I think had it been a little bit longer, I think we would have maybe gotten just a little bit more. But this match, to me, was not really uh, anything to really yeah, brag it, it, or talk about. <laughs> like, just, I, you know, the code red from Darby is always really cool to see and whatnot. Uh but other than that, like there really to me wasn't that much uh, that we got out of this one. I've just seen better from both Darby and I've seen better from Jay Lethal. Yeah, I agree with that. But it's yeah. harmless though. Like I prefer this kind of a match over like, you know, just something that I don't care about. I prefer something like this that is still good. And, you know, you 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 care about what both guys are doing on the show. But so, yeah, I prefer this. So it didn't bother me whatsoever that this wasn't like a, oh, my God, you know, five star match or anything. So I want to address something that Orion Ben 666 brought up in the chat. And 
Uh, he says, uh, not that, this one. Uh, sorry about that, Redmond. The, I, normally I like reading your stuff, but he says, problem was it was the same theme as the first. So, again, in digging around about things last night, I discovered that was the point. That, uh, that there was a parent, that that was the theme. The story being told here was that the first that there was supposed to be kind of a code of honor theme of the show going on. They alluded to that on commentary. And they talked about that. Um, The idea that, of course, Wheeler Yuta, um, former pure champion, went to observe the code of honor and MJF almost abided by it. Uh, Darby Allen went to observe the code of honor with a fairly prolific ring of honor star and Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal actually took it. He did observe the code of honor. um, And... That was kind of to lay the groundwork and set the tone for the main event, which not only didn't abide by the Code of Honor, but the ending saw uh, the Ring of Honor champion completely shit on the Code of Honor. And uh, But in order to get that, that was supposed to be the, the theme that happened here. Um, and I noticed a lot of people not picking that up. Uh, they were like, wow, it had the same exact handshake deal as the last match and it's like well they are addressing that and i was told that was intentional that was specifically what was supposed to be happening and that was the direction they were planning to go in um yeah that was clear if you were listening to commentary it was clear now we did get what i thought was a surprising match of the night i won't say this was the best match of the night but it definitely was the biggest surprise. And that was Wardlow versus Brian Cage for the TNT Championship. Well, you won't say it, but this was my favorite match of the night. And I don't care. Fight me all you want, Will. I'll take you on, bro. This <laughs> match was freaking awesome. Um, I'll let you talk about it, and then I'll talk about why I loved it. Uh, no, I just thought that uh, I tweeted last night that I thunk, thunk, uh, think that you thunk. it's very uh, easy <laughs> to write off Brian Cage. And I feel like we've been doing that for a while. Uh, Can you blame us though? We haven't seen the guy. But even still, when he was removed from television, the general consensus online was like, eh, good riddance. Who needed Brian Cage? Yeah, which kind of sucks, yeah. Yeah, and you know, when he was kicked out of Team Taz, you know, the general consensus was, eh, who needs him? And, uh, you know, it was interesting. He was like, regularly used in AEW during the pandemic. He debuted during the pandemic. And then it was like, as soon as they went on the road, we stopped seeing Brian Cage. And then he maybe worked like three or four shows on the road and then was just like gone. We didn't see him at all anymore. And uh, you almost forget that he's actually still pretty good. Right? (laughs) Right? That's the thing. Like, that's why this was part of the reason why I love this match so much was because this was a reminder, like, dude, we don't all, there's not very many people that can look like Brian Cage and then do the things that Brian Cage could do with that body. And that sounds really, really, like, creepy that I just said it that way. But legitimately, like, that's what you got. Like, that's that's what you've seen though like this isn't the first time like brian cage is constantly out there like in mexico you know working against luchadors and all of this and uh so if you know brian cage's work you know that he can do this type of stuff but it's still one of those things that you forget because you don't see him often oh yeah uh and just everything the guys were doing in this match just looked awesome look i get it big meaty men slapping meat is always a great thing 
But what's nice about this particular match is that this is big meaty men doing things that big meaty men don't normally big meaty do. And uh, <laughs> this was this was great. I thought that uh, they both went out there to kind of show us what they both had at their size. And all of it looked great. All of it looked impressive. Um, it had the crowd into it. It was a whole lot of fun. I want to see more Prince Nana on my TV because I miss Prince Nana. So excited to see him uh, back in play. But ultimately, yeah, Wardlow got the victory, retained the TNT title. I enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun with this. The way that I saw this match too, the, 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 the best way I think to describe it was like, if you were a person that maybe didn't know anything about Wardlow or didn't know anything about Brian Cage or just didn't, where you're maybe you're just a casual or something and you saw these two guys you would think you'd know what kind of match to expect from them and then they went out there and gave you something polar opposite of what you would expect from them to do uh this did a lot for brian cage in the sense of like we said that being a reminder of you know his agility in the ring but for wardlow to me it was like his best title defense uh that he's had by far they finally switched things up with him because it kind of got to the point where i felt like well you know, quite a few people felt, and I, I have to agree with this, that it just was too repetitive. I was getting bored of seeing Wardlow do the exact same thing, c- control, copy, paste every single match. Like, I'm a fan of Wardlow's, right? But I want to see something different. I want to see something with a little bit more depth. And this is what we got in this match. Can I fantasy book something for a second? Go for it. I have this idea. Okay. Um, and if this is where you're heading, Tony, stop me now. But... I have I've had this idea for the ultimate Wardlow title defense. Let's do it at full gear. Trivia question, Denise Salcedo. Oh I know god, I'm bad the, at trivia. Just I know you know the answer now. to this. Who is the longest reigning TNT champion? Is it uh it's what's uh, it's, no, I don't know actually. Who is it? It's I Darby Allen. Darby. It's Darby. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he had some of the best, like he had like what, eight, nine defenses? Mm-hmm. Okay. Where did Darby win that title? I don't remember. Tell me. Full, full gear. He okay. won it at full gear. So I'm I bad at trivia, a gr- Will. A great place to run this back, which is why we shouldn't be tag partners on Quizzlemania. And yet, here you are. Um, but <laughs> Hey, the trivia stuff is not my cup of tea. <laughs> I'm so bad. Like if, I, if you quiz me like on things that happened yesterday, I'll be like, nah, I don't remember. All right. <laughs> Darby Allen, regardless, is a fairly... Um, noteworthy TNT champion. So I think he should be Wardlow's challenger at full gear, bringing it full circle back to where Darby Allen won the title. And you know what I think would be a cool crowd-pleasing moment? You do a Darby um, Wardlow type match, right? You do the Powerbomb Symphony. Have like after an intense match, Powerbomb Symphony, Wardlow hits uh, Darby with the five Powerbombs. One, two, and Darby fucking kicks out. Like, in one of those desperate moments of, like, you know Darby. Darby will take a beating and keep on ticking. But, like, in that moment where you think it's over, he even pins him like Wardlow normally pins people in a way that gets women talking on Twitter. Uh, You have Wardlow give the pin to Darby, and in the, like, shock face moment, Darby kicks out. I just think the story... Just in that moment in itself, being such a dramatic moment would be freaking fantastic. Uh, and of course, Darby still shouldn't win. Nobody should take five power bombs and win the match. But I think he should take them 
and surprise Ward low by kicking out. I think that'd be a cool moment. It would be a cool moment. And like we said, because we've expected it so much for that to be like the end of things, it would be a cool moment. And I think like, here's the thing, like I know some people would be like, no, that's not believable because, you know, Darby's so much smaller. You know, you're going to get that argument. But then there's also the argument that you kind of brought up a little bit there where it's like Darby is like literally the guy that gets thrown down concrete steps and Uh stands up. You know, he does things that, you know, none of us here would do. Uh, So it is somewhat (laughs) believable with Darby. So like after you get past the size difference, you're like okay well i can see darby being that guy that you know has a death wish type of you know he's that type of guy exactly and i think uh i just think it would be the best story that they could tell out of wardlow's um they just need to you know they need to keep doing stuff like this with wardlow though that's the point that's the point that i'm trying to get at like he can have any opponent just make it not be the exact same thing over and over um and a couple more things i want to read a few super chats uh, we have this one from, just want to make sure I've got the earliest one. Okay. Sam wants us, will you talk about the new Raw and SmackDown commentators and Kathy Kelly, uh, is back, uh, backstage interview Raw. Um, yeah, I'll talk about that for a second. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Triple H has, uh, he clearly has a vision for two commentator teams. Good. Because that's a very good thing. We've seen tandems work. Uh, I hope WWE finds a good enough tandem out of this to stick with. They have been changing up commentary so much over the last few years that it finally felt like, hey, they had something with Pat McAfee and Michael Cole, and I hope they do go back to that. But uh, I think Pat McAfee, he's just on another different level now. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it is interesting. Um Okay, Let's I'm be real, talk. Will. No, like, not, come no, on, college say, not, game day. Like, I'm yeah, not, like, a big sports fan. You know, I'm very, very, like, less than casual. But even I know that. Well, I, there was another thing, but uh, I'm not going to bring that up yet. But oh, okay. uh, that's it? all for another day. Okay. That said, uh, I think I'm, – I'm hoping they do find some chemistry out of these teams. I hope there was a lot of thought put into whether or not Michael Cole and Wade Barrett will work uh, well together or um, – I think Raw's commentary team, honestly, to me, seems the most odd. And like, oh, Kevin has, and Corey. Yeah, Kevin and Corey. And I'm still just like, because we haven't really last... seen Kevin. I mean, I don't, he was doing, was he doing Raw Talk? I think Because so. I know he was doing I mean, backstage did... interviews, obviously, right. but we haven't seen him really other than that, other than that in that role, right? Yeah. You'll have to tell me. Just because I'm usually not watching. NXT, I'm kind of nervous but... about the NXT commentary team. <laughs> I, I I watch that show weekly. I, I got to tell you, Will, I'm a little bit like on edge here where I'm like, look, shit, this better. I'm, I'm gonna... God, this better not be the death of me on Tuesdays. <laughs> I mean, look, Booker T is like the world's best worst commentator. <laughs> and that like everybody loves Booker T. But nobody loves Booker T. It's one of those, like, everybody's in on the joke kind of things. Because, like, Booker T is a genuinely terrible commentator. But it's funny. And, um, you know, he there was a bit back when he was a commentator in 2010 where uh, it wasn't even really, like, a bit. I think Booker T just didn't realize he was doing it. But every week he would be like, oh, this is Ezekiel Jackson. You know, I'd never seen him before. And it's like he literally saw him the week before because he literally wrestled now last imagine week. with NXT, whoever, <laughs> whoever here watches NXT 2.0, there is a new personality every five minutes on that show. 
Right. And Booker T like, oh, I've never seen this guy. And it's like, but you just saw him last week. Um, and and uh, Booker T just kind of like taking liberties with angles. Like they did the whole Sin Cara uh, where Hunico had to lose the mask thing. And Booker T's like, oh, look at him. He's hideous. And uh, they're like, Booker, he just looks like a guy. What are you talking about? Uh, but Booker had his moments. Absolutely, Booker had his moments. But for the most part, he was almost like a genuinely bad commentator. But it's just interesting that bad. he was chosen for the NXT portion because I feel you gotta have you gotta have a passion for it, man. And I'm not I'm, saying he doesn't. I just don't know if he does. I mean, that guy was also signed to like uh, an absurdly long contract three years ago, and I'm almost certain that he has just a lot of time left that they've got to figure out what to do with. Yeah. Uh, and, and this Beth Phoenix on commentary, she was actually one of my favorites on NXT. I actually genuinely feel bad though for Byron. Um, in that the, uh, this is just my speculation, but him being removed from commentary after the shuffle, just to me sounds a lot like Tom Phillips, where he was demotion. Yeah, he was demoted. He was Let's demoted. be real. He was demoted and then released. And uh, I'm like, Byron has been a commentator for this company for 12 years, just on TV. It's hard to believe that he's been on God, screen that long. has it been 12 long. years? It's been 12 years. God, I would have said five. <laughs> no, Byron Saxon has been a commentator on WWE television for a really, really, really long time. And I'm talking about, because people forget, he was the ECW commentator when ECW finished. So um, that might even be 13 years. Um, and... You know, he did NXT, and then he was moved to back to main roster. He has been all over. And Kathy I feel Kelly, bad though. for Sarah. Not... They haven't said anything about Sarah. They haven't said anything about Sarah. Um, and she's been for... there for a couple of years now, too. Excited for Kathy Kelly back. That was like yeah, the one thing. Her. When I when Hunter took over, I was immediately like, oh, yeah, yeah. Kathy Kelly's coming back. It's just a matter of time. And look, yeah. Kathy Kelly's back. So. She finally got her you know, official – because she did a couple appearances on the main roster, I think on SmackDown – but she never really got her moment on the main roster for like a good period of time, right? Right. Um, after the match was over, by the way, uh, we saw a run-in from FTR. Uh, so first we saw Joe run in to save Wardlow after he's beaten down by the embassy. And then in comes FTR because all of a sudden we're tying all these guys together because Wardlow and FTR are still tied together from the pinnacle. But Joe and Wardlow have been tied together. So now... There was a big runoff. Good moment. Huge pop for FTR. Uh, it's amazing what that theme song has done for them. And I'll not get over that for a long time. That's because everybody stuff. feels like they're in a video game. It's it's great stuff. Um, so Collins asks, sorry if this was mentioned. It hasn't been. But do you think that Willow is the person to dethrone Jade? I think she should be. Uh, is Jade's... Uh, Nat natural step after the TBS title, the AEW women's title. Probably. I don't think she's going to lose it this week. But I do think that there is a story there if they want to tell it. Which is that if you remember back at, I want to say that was Road Rager. Um, Jade defended the TBS title against Willow Nightingale and beat her. And then on this Dynamite, Willow uh, made a challenge to Jade. And Jade said, don't you get tired of getting your ass beat? And... Jade's probably going to win here. But I think they should, a couple months more down the line, have Willow step up to the challenge again. And Jade 
in jade mode is like again all right let's do this and then that's where willow beats her in a um in a very like third time's a charm kind of way jade was so confident having beaten her twice already that she thought that uh willow was going to be a walk in the park and then willow walks away with the championship that would be my story if i told it that way i don't think it's happening at battle of the belts but i do think that it is the thing to happen Here's the thing. I love the story that you painted. And you were the first person that mentioned Willow Nightingale when we did our show. God, I don't remember what show it was that we were talking about this. Um, I think it was the Ring of Honor post show. No. Uh, You sure? No, because I didn't do a Ring of Honor post show. Yeah, we did. I did did a Ring of Honor post show? We did the Ring of Honor for the last Ring of Honor. We did the Ring of Honor post show? That was us. (laughs) I forgot. You see what I mean? I forgot already. Yeah, we did the Ring of Honor. And I was there. And she wrestled on that show. No, but we didn't talk about it there. No, you're wrong, Will. Okay, okay we'll You know see. where we talked about it? We where talked about it uh, during our all-out prediction show. Okay. With you, me, and Phil. Pro- you're probably right, but I feel like yes. I've had that. But I feel like I've had that thought before then. So okay. Maybe, well, I'm sure you know. did because you were the one who brought it up. And the second yeah. you brought it up, I was like, "Yes, this is it. This is what I want. I'm here for it." Now. I'm gonna be real with you. I love your story, and I would even—I actually prefer your what you just said over what I'm gonna say. But I'm still gonna say it just because I feel like Battle of the Bouts really doesn't feel like—they haven't really built it up to feel like a big show that you like have to have to watch. And so personally, I do think that they should do some sort of a surprise on that show. And if they have a surprise with Willow winning, you know what? I might like that. Yeah, I just. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to be the case here yet. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm reading uh, your, I know you will. I know you. I'm not going to say anything, but I know you. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> Roland says, hey, Will and Denise, do you think that Captain Sean Dean will get an AEW championship match from against MJF at the Thanksgiving Dynamite Chicago. God, that'd be amazing. I didn't even think about that, but that would actually be the best thing they could do on the Thanksgiving Dynamite. I would fly out for that. No, I wouldn't because I wouldn't be back in time for Thanksgiving. But Sean Dean's my dude. He's made appearances on Grapsity. Um, I love Sean Dean, and I think that that would be an amazing story, especially considering Sean Dean is 2-0 against MJF in 2022. If anybody would deserve the first shot against MJF, it's Sean Dean. And to do it in Sean Dean's hometown of Chicago, uh, it'd be nice. It'd be really nice. That's a chef's kiss. And they can easily say, like, this is why, you know? Yeah. There's a reason there. That would be great stuff. I would love that. Uh, Anime Otaku says, kind of want a regal, ordinary, proper villain shirt after that comment on commentary. Great stuff. Uh, Regal is always good on commentary. Regal's always got some interesting stuff that he's saying. Ryan Pitt, I can't six, keep six, up with him. 666 says, folks who say Cage can't wrestle never saw Lucha Underground or PWG. I mean, most people didn't. Uh, in that I swear he hears it all the time. That, wait, he was in Lucha Underground? That's okay, but crazy. with PWG, can you, bl- can you blame the people, though? It's like you either go to the show live or I think they're still doing their stuff on, what, high spots? Yeah, you're... It's you, not easily accessible. It, it's not easily accessible. And then Lucha Underground, one of my favorite shows, uh, was definitely a niche thing. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I wasn't part of that fandom. Yeah. Sorry. Graham B says, Wardlow's Disturbed theme came back. 
No. Uh, they've been, like, switching it up. So now they, like, kept the intro from Wardlow's new theme, and then it switches to his original theme, uh, which I think somebody should at least work to, like, match the tempos of the two. EVP of Talent Relations, or EVP of Talent Relations, head of creative, says, hashtag free Nigel McGinnis. Um, sure. Uh, does he want out? What's he even doing? Uh, Alex Luna says... Uh, I don't know where FTR goes now. I know they have a lot of obligations with IWGP and ROH and AAA, but do they lose the titles? Go ahead. Yeah, say it, say it, say it. I know. No, I'm not going to make fun of you, Will. You tried. It was a nice effort. You, yeah, you'll save that for I loved it, though. You said it half in English and half in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> but AAA, ah. Yes. Do they lose the titles, then win the AEW tag titles? Does anybody want them to win the AEW tag titles right now? Because uh, there's a really hot act that's currently got them. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so we saw a six-woman tag match. But before the tag match, we had a message from Britt Baker. And Britt says to the world, sorry to disappoint you all. Soraya is not cleared to wrestle. Just thought I'd let you all know. Sincerely yours, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And of course, my work meter goes off and I'm like, oh, she is cleared to wrestle. Cool. Um, and so we got entrances from all of the above. Uh, big reaction for Jamie Hayter. Uh, and they know it. That's why she got to come out last. That's why she got to, to really benefit from the pop there. Um, we had Soraya come out first. She's followed by uh willow nightingale good reaction for her as well and then athena and then athena's like she comes and does her wings thing and i i get what they were trying to do they were supposed to cut to the full screen tron of tony storms and while they were at the full screen tron the stage hand was going to grab athena's wings but the stage hand ran out too soon or they didn't cut soon enough but regardless you just see the stage hand run out and i'm like is somebody about to attack athena what is this and then when you see them grab her wings like then they cut away uh i thought that was very funny i laughed hard at that i like this match though um i thought that everybody got the show out this was really a showcase for willow nightingale and but again jamie hater no slouch they made sure that jamie got to get her showcase in there uh crowd was into it and willow got the victory over penelope ford or as booker t once put it penelope ford so, Did he say that, Penelope? It's one of my favorite quotes ever. Oh, yeah. Booker T said, Penelope Ford. I don't know. No, I've never stop heard it. it. Yes, he did. It's so I great. didn't know that. Penelope. 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 Penelope Ford. So um, I, I watched that clip. Like, if I'm ever in a bad mood, I pull up Booker T saying, Penelope Ford. Please send and... me that. I, <laughs> yes, I, I, I have bad days too, Will. That, that, that's why I'm looking forward to him on commentary a little bit. Cause, like, oh, thanks, Will. Yeah, thanks. Because we know. But uh, so it was already a great moment for, uh, for Willow Nightingale. She got the victory over, uh, over Penelope Ford. And then after the match was over, there's a stare down between Britt Baker and Soraya. And it turns into a brawl. I hate that 
Andrade and Sammy Guevara dominated the news cycle because this is freaking news. This is this should be a huge deal that we actually saw Soraya get physical in there. And that absolutely means that she's not on the no contact list, that there's stuff happening, that this is probably leading to the match with Britt Baker. And it's not the story. And I hate that it wasn't the story. It wasn't even a talked about thing outside of a couple of tweets, but like, this is a really big deal that Soraya went in there and brawled with Britt Baker. And that tells me that we're headed to it soon. And I think it's like full gear soon. I hope so. That would be a no- that would be awesome. But um, I love that they completely did a 180 with the women's segment because we, you know, we talked about the women's segment last week and how it was necessarily not the greatest. In fact, it was not good at all. Okay. I'm so happy that they, like I said, did a full 180 on this. This match was awesome. Uh, top to bottom. All the girls had a moment to like show their skills. Uh, one of the things that I was, uh, that I tweeted about was Penelope Ford when she did that back arc and then she went into the cutter. cutter? Dude, I was impressed by that. I know that's that not the way so it was great. supposed to go, but it was one of those moments where I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to eat shit right now. This is going to be so bad. And then she did it. <laughs> She somehow it was so found good. her way. Even commentary. I think it was Taz who was like, oh shit, like I forgot what he said, but he had some sort of reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was kind of a moment there where it stood out to me. Um, anyways, but I love this match. I thought it was great. Everybody did a phenomenal job. I was happy for Willow as well. Um, the the you know, the Britt Baker Soraya part good stuff there. Just keep it short and brief, and you know, we could read in between the lines. You know, I will say this though. Because when Britt Baker did that promo, everybody knew, okay, that means she's cleared, right? I would have actually liked it if they never did that promo. And instead, we just got them going at it like they did on the show. Because then everybody would be like, wait. Hold the hold the phone. I mean, I will I will say I uh, I saw a lot of people buy that though. I saw like, of course, you know, if you have like a little, it was super uh, obvious. Though. It was super obvious. I saw a lot of people on Twitter buying it. I saw a lot of people who were like, damn. Um, Why would Britt Baker be the one? I know, right? It makes no sense. (laughs) But uh, I was going to say she's a dentist. (laughs) No, it was super obvious. I think they could have actually done without it. Yeah, they probably could have. I think Um, I would have been. I think it would have been a bigger reaction. Probably. I don't know. I mean, I I think there was a reaction regardless, just because. Oh my God, she got physical. We've got some shit to see, and this is going to be great. Uh, so I love how they kind of strung us along for a little bit though, because Soraya came out the first week, no contact. Uh, second week, Soraya said, I am damaged, but not broken, which should have been the, um, the, the indicator that she knows that she's going to, she's planning on doing something soon. And then week three, it was like, nope, the brawl's happening. I thought that was really cool. And guess what it does? It uh, sends us off into a second um, possible women's program on the show. Love that. Uh, I will absolutely take that. Sorry, I just got a text that's wrestling related. Um, Is it good? Is it juicy? Is uh, it a juicy text? Or is it just not like a juicy text? It's... uh, No, it's, it's... Seems serious, uh, Will. Yeah, it is. But uh, oh. we're okay. So the the next segment. Next segment was the one. The one. It was talked about all day long. Because it was National Scissoring Day. 
Oh shit, I missed my own fingers. Oh, <laughs> I could never do okay. it. Ow, that kind of hurts. <laughs> Sorry. Can I tell you, Denise Salcedo? Why do you have to say my whole name? Just say Denise. Makes me uncomfortable. Does it really? Jeremy does it too. He's like Denise Salcedo. And I'm like, just say Denise. She names Denise Salcedo. Yeah, but you don't got to say the whole thing. I don't say Will Washington. You could. I don't care. No, you're Will. (laughs) Okay. Denise Salcedo. So. Stop. Stop. Just Denise. (laughs) So. The, uh, I liked everything about this segment. I thought I had worries about it. I had worries going into it that, ah, oh, crap, they're going to run the scissor thing into the ground. And by the end of this, it's not going to be cool anymore. And, uh, I loved everything about this. And I thought Anthony Bowens was so good here. I've heard Anthony Bowens speak. And I tweeted this. I tweeted that he's always been a good order. And we knew he was a good order. But who freaking knew that he had the crowd control he has? Um, And I just, he talked about everything. It talked about the, uh, all the success they've had. I thought uh, Max Caster being a hype man behind him was actually really cool and a nice change of their dynamic. Uh, Billy Gunn then gets on the mic, talks about it being daddy ass's house. Max Caster here got a little sentimental. He's very rarely reminds us, and for those who don't know, Max Caster's dad is former NFL player Rich Caster. He is a Super Bowl champion. It's a true story. And But he rarely ever talks about that. That's not a thing he runs on. He's not like, a, hey, guess what? My dad won the Super Bowl. My dad is a My former dad NFL famous. player. <laughs> yeah, no, doesn't run with any of that. Never mentions it. And so... This was one of the rare times he addressed that because he talked about Washington, D.C. being special to him because his dad played there. And then they were like, Washington, D.C. is so divided, but we're going to bring the country together with the first ever bipartisan scissor. And crowd was hanging on to this every second. And then Swerve Strickland's music hits. Massive heat. Oh, my God. The boos were so good. Swerve makes his way out. He talks about how... They're going to get their Billy Gunn's going to succeed in getting middle school kids in trouble, just like they did 20 years ago. He talked about this being the most ridiculous thing he's ever seen in his life. And he's got a beef with Billy Gunn for interfering in his match. And he wants Billy Gunn one-on-one and he wants him next week in Toronto. And then Mark Sterling came out and got beat up by the three of them. What did you think? All right. So first and foremost, I feel like this was a very, feel good moment like put this in the feel good Netflix category because everybody like this was a pretty lengthy segment like it went on for a bit and I will tell you that not at one moment did I feel like it was dragging I knew it was going on for a a, a good amount of time but it didn't feel like a drag or anything like that and uh, I completely agree with you in regards to what you said about Anthony Bowens he definitely held the crowd Uh, he got people feeling his passion for something that they knew that they got over 
And then on top of that, Max Caster, when he went in there, and then I kind of got a little nervous because, you know, they started to get into like the political aspect of it. And you know how that stuff goes, man. Like we ain't going to be agreeing on anything these days. And so I kind of got like a little bit nervous. I thought, okay, where are they going to go with this? How is this going to, you know, how is this fitting into what they're doing with their national scissoring day? But I actually think that whole promo that he cut about the no red, no blue, no left, no right. We wear pink type of thing that he said. I thought it felt really nice. Like everybody accepted it when they told the entire crowd to do the scissoring together. That was so freaking nice. I think top to bottom, this is, ex uh, I think top to bottom, we got more out of this national scissoring day than I completely expected. I personally, and I will say this was my favorite part, and this had nothing to do really with what was happening in the ring. This actually had to do with the fans. My favorite part of this was how many people went out of their ways to create their own scissors. And we saw so many scissors in the crowd. I just thought that's freaking awesome. You don't see that very often where a collective of people say, I'm going to take pretty much like, you know, the similar thing to as a sign. Right. And I just thought that was really nice. That was my favorite thing of this. Yeah. I, I, I won't say that was my favorite thing, but that's uh, a very cool factor in all of it. You know, Max Caster's interesting. He toes an interesting line because he um, he m mentions politics a lot. And his politics are really difficult for me to figure out because on one end, he I will like take that. shots at, at Cuomo. He has taken shots at Biden. He does it all the time, right? But then uh, famously... He has mentioned gun control like 10 times in his raps, and he loves making sure people know he does not support guns. And uh, uh, the when he was with the gun club, that was like an easy line for him with the only guns we uh, support are the ass boys. Um, he said the Second Amendment should be repealed, and he said that in Texas for heat. Um, it's hard to know where... <laughs> I think he's more so of like a case by case. He seems to me like a case by case uh, basis kind of person where, you know, everybody thinks that you have to be completely left. You have to be completely right. 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 Well, it's like, well, you know, sometimes, it, you know, it depends on the issue. Right. For a lot of people. So I think that's I don't know. That's my read of it. That's my I don't know. If that's an accurate read. Yeah, I think, honestly, he seems to really fall like socially very yeah. much in the middle. And it's really interesting. Uh, but. Uh, I'm glad he's still able to incorporate it in every single thing he does because uh, I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, somebody in the chat said he's a moderate, and he probably is. Um, but the uh, – what else? So, yeah, I, I thought Swerve here was great. I always think Swerve was great, of course. But I thought he was moment great for him to get some good heat. He got good heat. He's been getting great heat lately, and he his facial expressions with all of it have been great. I think that uh, he's really leapfrogging a lot of people as the next up-and-coming heel in AEW. A um, couple more things to talk about. There was Roosh versus Adam Page. It was a match. It was good, but it was... And I think I had the same feelings for this one as I did with Darby and Jay Lethal. I was expecting mm -hmm. a little bit more from this one, but it was still fine nonetheless it just really wasn't that much to you've just seen better from both guys yeah uh but this was really to set up things that happened afterwards which was adam page confronted by john moxley um this was this is really one of the last like hasn't happened in aew matches left of the major ones from day one just kind of crazy when he said it too i was like oh yeah <laughs> yeah no they have only been in the ring together 
two times. Uh, the first was on the third episode of Dynamite in a tag match, which was him and Pac. Uh, it was Moxley and Pac versus Hangman and Kenny. Um, and, of course, Moxley and Pac did not get along, and it ended with Pac taking a paradigm shift. And then uh, the very next week, we got Pac versus Moxley. But uh, the only other time was that ladder match a year ago today where uh, Hangman was the surprise entrant, and Moxley was also in that match. Only two times that those guys have shared a ring. So they are headed for a collision course on Tuesday, October 18th, where the Tuesday Night War reignites from the ashes of the Wednesday Night War, and we see AEW go head-to-head. What are you going to do? What's your show going to be? I'm so excited for what your post-show is. For what, this Friday? No, that Tuesday. Tuesday the 18th. Ah, shit. I hadn't thought about it until right now. Thanks, Will. (laughs) What are you going to do? I guess I'll figure it out when I get closer. Are you going to watch it? So, wait, paint that picture again to me. Where are we at? It's NXT versus Dynamite again. Shit, I didn't even head, think about it. Head to I head. Might, I might just do a Dynamite. <laughs> I'll be real with you. Damn, thanks, because I hadn't thought about it. I've been so focused on this week because, you know, there's SmackDown, there's Battle of the Bouts, and I still got to watch uh, Bound for Glory. I've been so mm. focused on that that I didn't think about all this other stuff. Well, I'm on a day-by-day basis. <laughs> yeah, well... You got to plan for your Wednesday night or your Tuesday night war show. The Tuesday night war. We're back. God, I remember when I was watching both shows simultaneously. I can't do that anymore. I'm done. I'm too old for that. <laughs> I know. Uh, who? I, I don't I mean, I feel like both are going to stack the shows. Like, that's the whole reason Tony stacked this show, knowing that. Okay, know, they, but okay, they, well, I'm they, not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm they're done. They're putting the... Um, I mean, it's more so because he knows he's on a Tuesday night. They got booted um, to Tuesday, and it was like, well, got to make this show special. Make one people want to tune in, and it's going to be Adam Page versus John Moxley. That's the match they're giving him on Tuesday. Like I said, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to say my opinion on this. (laughs) (laughs) We had Luchasaurus. Expecting to be (laughs) Luchasaurus squashed Fuego, but it was more about the after promo from. from Jungle Boy. As a matter of fact, I saw somebody point out that this show was really a love letter to the four pillars and that we saw, uh, you know, the opening match, saw MJF get the victory. Darby <laughs> Allen got a victory against Jay Lethal. Um, Jungle Boy got to, to get on the mic and basically let Luchasaurus know what's up. And then the main event saw Sammy Guevara win. The four pillars all kind of look strong on one show. And... Yeah, I mean, they announced that next week in Canada, we're going to see Luchasaurus one-on-one with Jungle Boy. I'm interested in what that's going to be like. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. Uh, I thought the promo work that Jungle Boy did was good on this episode. I really liked the part where he said, you broke my heart. I was like, oh, Nicholas Sparks, write a book about this. (laughs) My heart. The crowd even went, oh. Right, right. That was good. That was really good. I like that. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm just like ready for... They've been doing a good job with really getting those emotions into this whole story. And I think that they just need to keep it that way. Yes. So whatever they do, just make sure that, I don't know, have the fans having that like emotional connection to this story. Because you're supposed to. They were friends. They were besties, you know? Come on. Mm -hmm. And finally, in the main event, the La Sex Gods, Jericho Jericho Appreciation Society's own Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara took on and defeated 
uh, the team affectionately referred to on uh, Twitter. It was the team of Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan, as people were calling them. Oh, God, um, that just messes with my brain. <laughs> and Daniel Bryan... We're not successful here, but stop! It's confusing me, Will. <laughs> I know it's like I'm saying Daniel Bryan, but I yeah, yeah. It, but, but I still have to say it uh, plurally. So this was great. I really like this match. Uh, I thought that look, the crowd was not gonna let Sammy um, have anything here. The moment he did anything in this match, it was like. I felt like this was the official turn from the crowd on Sammy because even before, like, he would still get booed, right? But for the most part, if he had, like, a shining moment in the match or a great match, people would be like, yeah, you know, applause, applause. But this time around, it was like, nah, like, no matter what he did, people were like, no, F you, Sammy, or you still suck, Sammy. You know, that's what They chanted, yeah, you still suck. They chanted, fuck you, Sammy. Um, Now, granted, all of those chants have existed for people before um famously. but it felt different for this one i was gonna say famously like john cena used to get fuck you cena and whenever he'd do something it was like oh that was kind of impressive the crowd would go you still suck like it reminded me a little bit of that but i recognize still different a yeah there's still vitriol behind this one that actually did kind of exist for cena but it wasn't so much personal as much as they were just like we just think you're lame um, yeah it wasn't like a specific it, it was it was different i think yeah it was very different Every time he came in the ring, no matter what he did, the crowd booed him. Um, it was honestly, to me, fine wrestling heat until they chanted Idolo. And then I was like, oh, crap. Were they chanted uh, what now? Idolo. Oh, I didn't even catch that they chanted that. Yeah. When they were chanting that in the match, then I'm like. And oh, I think this, they couldn't make it out what they were chanting. Right, by that point, I had already talked to like four people and I'm like. I don't think people realize. Uh, they, I was like, "Oh my god, fans are like kind of misinformed on this." And it's I'm not, like, kind of like this is one of the situations where it's not like you're on one guy's side and not on the other guy's side because I do think that they both had fault in this right. whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And once that they started chanting for Andrade, I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "Now we're reaching like misinformed territory. Now we're reaching. Now we've reached the point where they've taken a side in that issue and don't recognize what the actual issue is." and but that always uh, happens right that's gonna happen in all walks of life you see that all over the internet now uh the thing people were most upset with was that sammy got the victory sammy not only got the victory but he was hoisted up by the jericho appreciation society uh after jericho clocked daniel garcia with the belt it seemed daniel garcia had a great showing here um, I thought he looked like a million bucks taking all of Sammy's flurry of offense and uh, ultimately almost had it. But Jericho broke the code of honor again. He cheated, used the belt as a weapon, and then looked on in disappointment at Daniel Garcia on the ground as Jericho Appreciation Society hoisted up Sammy Guevara, Jericho's original protege. I liked the story here. I liked all of this. I thought that... Um, I talked to people in AEW. I was like, I actually did like this. And I got the story they were going for. And it's unfortunate that because of the backstage situation, people read that not as the story they were trying to tell, which was simply that, you know, Jericho's sports entertainment guy beat the the wrestler. And Jericho had, you know, this moment of looking at his new protege in disappointment. 
They just saw it as, oh, look, Sammy's being rewarded. I didn't think that at all. Um, and obviously, without that finish, you can't tell that story. So therefore, because I saw people saying, oh, they could have changed the match to Jake Hager. How do you change this to Jake Hager? If you change this to Jake Hager, you don't have this match. Um, I've also seen, well, maybe Sammy should have taken the pin. But then again, again, then you don't have this loss. Uh, you don't have the loss to put on Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia going into the title match next week. A lot of elements needed what was happening here. I get why they went with that finish. I'm glad it wasn't in my hands because I don't know what I would have done in that case if everybody wanted me to change the the finish. And I, and when I say everybody, I mean the fans. Like I said, I talked to people who were like, nah, the show was already planned at this stage. What were we supposed to do? Yeah, bad, all I can say is bad timing for it all, really. Because you can't help but for the fans to be like reading into it. Of course you're going to read into it. Shit, even I read into it. Everyone reads into it. And it was just one of those things that, and it sucked because it really like you can tell like the crowd just kind of like had no reaction to that. They were just kind of like, Oh, this is what we're doing. And it was, it didn't feel like a satisfying ending to the show. And a lot of people were definitely upset by it. And, you know, obviously there was still a lot of unanswered questions because at this point, the big question that everybody was asking themselves is why was Andrade the only one that got sent home and why not Sammy? Right. Like that was the big thing. And at that moment, people were reacting to that only knowing that fact yes and now like i said now that there's more information out about that i hope that like i get it i know that people don't like sammy i know why people don't like sammy not stupid i read everything um you do and and uh <laughs> i i think just in this instance i don't know what else people expected um but of course, that's not knowing all the details. I guess with the details you got, which, you know, TMZ and the word going around right now is that the TMZ story came from Andrade's camp. So, of course, it's not necessarily. Yeah, because it was totally different. Like it based, <laughs> based on what we got from TMZ, it didn't make any sense at all to be like, oh, well, you know, Sammy was the one that did this, this and that. But Andrade was the one that got sent home. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it wasn't making sense. And that's all we had at the moment. Right. And I think we'll probably get, uh, I think we've gotten as much clarity on the story as we're going to get, but that's it. That's dynamite. The one year, one year, three year anniversary, the one year of the two year anniversary, I guess. But how did it do in the ratings? Well, let's see. It's that time of the show and AEW dynamite for October 5th, 2022 did. 1,038,000 viewers, which was good for the number two spot on cable. It was right behind the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It did a, where's my uh, rating? It did a 0.36. No, wait, that was Real Housewives. Um, Go Real was, Housewives. Yeah, Look at that thriving. Dynamite. My mom loves the Real Housewives. That sounds like your mom. Having met yeah. your mom, that absolutely <laughs> sounds like your mom. Um <laughs> She's a, a great lady, by the way, who <laughs> um, has, has fantastic Denise Salcedo stories. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so it did a point three three. Okay, there we are. Um, and that's it. That's, that's Dynamite. Well, good for them. Staying up I'm, that one million mark. Good. I'm curious. I want to see the, uh, the quarter hours because this was the longest edition of Dynamite ever. Mm -hmm. And I think this is going on being one of our longest day after Dynamites because... Um, I got to like peace out here in like 60 seconds. So 
Um, but I'm curious how the quarters did because having that extra quarter obviously meant having seven matches. Uh, somebody in the chat asked, Will, are you getting the Pixel 7 Pro? Maybe. I was planning on it, but do you see this? I accidentally cracked the screen on my uh, Pixel 6. Just did it yesterday. I'm very upset about this. And I was planning on trading this one in for the 7, so Oof. don't know. We'll now you see. can't. You're done, I Will. Know. I know. Anyway, folks, Denise Salcedo it was here and here is here. Um, Denise, I don't know. I was trying to say words. Uh, oh, somebody's pointing me to a super chat saying, don't forget the super chat. Okay, I won't forget the super chat. Thank you. Well, um, get it together. Come on, DAD. Oh, say, it's Chris. He says, hi, Will and Denise. Very much enjoyed National Scissor Day. Still think we need foam fingers. They made Orange Cassidy ones. Why not the acclaimed? Yeah, I feel like those should be here very soon. Yeah, um, I'm totally going to get one. So they need to like get on it because I want a little foam finger. Yes. Just for fun, uh, you know. Let's make sure I didn't miss any more Humper Chats. I did not. Okay, Denise. Yeah, all right. Well, you don't know you. Where where can they find you? Well, first and foremost, this Monday, you and I will be doing the Raw Post Show since Sean will be traveling. So that's going to be fun. Uh, people really loved our last Raw Post Show. So please make sure to check that out. And then, um, oh God, there's just so much. Okay, really quickly. Uh, after the week on Sunday on my YouTube channel, Will and I are there each and every single Sunday. And it's a very different type of show. So if you guys want to check it out, please make sure you do so. That's YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. And then Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm still trying to get to 100K, man. I'm struggling right now. Get get Denise to 100K. Denise, thank you for being here. Thank you for being my guest. Not that we're not like joined at the hip because we're literally doing two other shows in less than a week. So uh, otherwise, folks, I'm Will Washington. This has been Day After Dynamite. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters. Because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.